We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I'm your host today, Jared Timms, and I'm joined alongside my co-host, my partner in crime, Nate Green. Nate, happy draft day. How you doing? Yes, sir. It's a great day. Draft day is fantastic. It's cool yes. that it's during All-Star Weekend and, you know, right after the Futures game. Really, really cool first time outdoor draft. So, yeah, really excited to talk about this. Yeah, best day, one of the best days of the year, besides opening day. Probably besides opening day. I, I really like I really like draft day. Trade again. deadline. Trade, trade deadline, deadline day. Yeah. There's a couple of fun days in there for sure. But uh, draft day is always fun. You know, not a lot not too many people t- know about the draft. They even talk about the draft. There are a lot of guys in it. Um of course first round today. Uh, as we're doing this, we're gonna first two rounds. The two rounds? Well the Angels only got Yeah, but we, we only have one pick. But yeah, first two rounds today. We'll take it. We'll take it. So um Nate. First, let's let's talk about draft. I feel like we have we need some disclaimers to throw out there to people when we talk about the draft, um, just because everybody always wants that best player available type of thing. But that's not always how the draft works in a sense, right? I mean, yes, you can yeah. take best player available, but there's also money involved and money talks. Money, money is a big deal in this draft. You are allotted a certain amount of money depending on how many picks you have and where those picks are located. And you can do whatever you would like with that money, but you cannot go over that amount of money. And you lose, if a guy does not sign, you lose that amount of money, a lot of money for the slot. So let's say you have $6 million. You say, okay, I'm going to give $5.5 million to my first rounder, and I only have half a mil for the rest of my drafts. Well, my second rounder didn't sign. So now you are really in some trouble. So. Uh, that is a big deal when it comes to the draft. I know a lot of people don't talk about that, but it is a big deal when it comes to the draft is how much money a team has and what they're going to do with the money. So, Absolutely. Um, and, of course, you know, we have the Angels that picked today. 
big, big, big pick. By the way, uh, going to throw it back a little bit here for you. We're watching the draft live as we're doing this, by the way, as well, guys. Uh, Justin Crawford just went. That was. I was just going to say that I know. to you, too. I, I was going to text wanted, you because I was like, yeah. there you go. I wanted Crawford. Crawford. Crawford's awesome. But, um, but yeah, back on to, sorry, Angels talk because that's what we do here. Um, yeah, you know, this is, again, one of the best days of the year. Um, of course, guys, before we get going, we'll, we'll discuss whole draft and we'll, we'll see how far we can get along. But um, before we go any further, guys, blue wire, blue wire, blue wire, blue wire. If you're listening to this, some shirts, please would be great. I'll wear them, wear them with pride. Um, if not, I'll just keep yelling blue wire, but, uh, but yeah, we'll make it work. Um, <laughs> um, you can follow us on all of our social medias, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Uh, go ahead and shout us out on there. Shoot a follow. You can follow myself on Twitter at Jared underscore Tim's Nate on Twitter at Nate Green 34. Don't forget if you're watching us on YouTube, hit subscribe real quick. We know what we're talking about. Uh, you might not always like our takes, but oddly enough, we do know what we're talking about. Um, so Nate, let's get on to this. Um, first thoughts before the picks even happened, the angels are, we're going to take a picture, right? I mean, yeah. it was almost guaranteed they were going to take a picture. That's, that was and. And if anybody listened to our podcast before, uh, we appreciate that. But uh, that was the consensus since forever. Um, mm-hmm. And in fact, that was the consensus up until the last minute, until the pick went in, uh, that it was going to be a pitcher. Uh, the Angels have done a very good job of developing pitching this year. Um, I'd like to see a little more consistent on a consistent basis, but they've done a fantastic job. I've loved every bit of what they, uh, what they have done on the pitching side of things this year. Um, so it was a consensus, take a pitcher. Um, in fact, there were rumors out like two minutes before the, the pick was announced that it was going to be Cooper Jerby, I think is how you say his name. Um, and it was like, all right, this is what's happening. This is what's happening. They're going to go pitching, college pitching. Wouldn't, wouldn't have mattered. Um, last second, you get a text. You get a text that says, whoa, hold up. Zach Neto, shortstop, infielder, we'll call him because there's some questions about where he plays. Um, infielder out of Campbell, fantastic uh i'm 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 a fan of it i know you're not a huge fan of it uh we'll talk about details about why i mean i you're not not a huge fan of it but no no it's not like i hate the pick but there was only one and let's be fair here there was only one one player i guess two let's say there were two players that we would have been upset about one uh was brandon barrier um and and not upset like it would it would have just been like a and there were so many other guys available there yeah to pick would have been a disappointing pick not upset we just would have been disappointed yeah uh number two would have been uh cooper derby i'm just kidding not cooper derby um jacob barry i think for me was that number two guy that i was like hopefully he was taken before yeah yeah which is interesting but at the same time like i wouldn't i'm not a fan i'm not a huge fan of picking somebody who doesn't play a position um I mean, he's going to play a position, but I'm not a huge fan of taking a, a first baseman in the first round, whether it was Andrew Vaughn, you know, CJ Crone, any, like you look at anybody, even Spencer Torkelson, I think Tork's going to be great. I uh, worked with Tork uh, at my last job. I think he's a fantastic person. I think he's going to go out there and crush. Um, I'm just not a huge fan of taking those guys that just hit because you're relying on one tool. Um, so with that being said, the Angels took a hitter and all he does is hit. <laughs> that's fair to say like the dude just kind of rakes uh getting a david fletcher comp which i'm not a huge fan of i think there's a little bit more in him than david fletcher uh but, uh, i like that comp a little bit better than david fletcher both of which second baseman which is interesting because a lot of the scouts love him at shortstop so congratulations to zach Neto mm-hmm. on being the first pick 13th overall for the los angeles angels um 
exciting. You know, they, they took a position player. I think before the draft, like we talked about, it was for sure a pitcher. And all of a sudden you started watching the draft unfold and it was like, wow, Kumar went third. He was supposed to go back half of the draft. Mm-hmm. And then Horton goes uh, to the Cubs at seven or yeah, seven. And everyone's like, whoa, what the heck happened? And then you see Gabriel Hughes go to the Rockies at 10 and everyone's like, what? So a very, very odd draft um, to start with. I, I know the, um, the scouts would tell you that this is a very hitter friendly draft. A lot of good college hitters and, um, and high school hitters in this draft. So to see three pitchers taken before the angels even stepped up to the podium was I- incredible. I, I don't think if I would have told Jared, if I would have told you three pitchers go in this draft before the angels pick you, you would have said you're crazy. And, and nobody that I, nobody that we expected either. Like no, there, no. there were talks like, Oh, like, Connor Prelip could go uh, before the Angels, or you know Brock Porter, or somebody might Lesko. take a chance on Lesko. Um, no, Lesko is that guy who goes to the Padres. That guy that goes to a good a good team that takes a chance on him just because he has Tommy John surgery, and he's going to go and he's going to go shove for the Padres. And by the way, you're going to be able to go. You'll be able to go see him out in the Cal League, yes. um, <laughs> which is going to be a lot of fun because that's going to be one of the yes. best pitchers to enter the Cal League in quite some time. But um, take a step back there. Yeah, you know this uh, early this morning it was. It was pitcher, pitcher, pitcher at the start of the draft. Pitcher, pitcher, pitcher. Um, but, like, you, you start throwing that butt in there. It's like, but if, you know, if some of these guys are there, you might start thinking about it. I, I don't I – Because if the mean, Cubs don't take Horton, yeah. um, Crawford probably is, is gone. Um, if Kumar doesn't go, maybe Neto's not even available. Like, there, there are some – Collier is still available looking at this draft right now. And if, if, he, if he goes, I mean – those are the three hitters that possibly could have gone before the angels that, that didn't because pitchers went instead. And yeah, incredible. Um, Not something we were expecting, but when it got to that point for the angels, I know you and I were talking and it was like, okay, at this point, you just got to take the best player available. And if you think that a position player suits your system better than a pitcher, just because you desperately need pitching and you need to go get, um, a college arm who, or even a high school arm that could get you to the bigs within the next year or two to really help Mike Trout and Shohei Otani get to the playoffs. Like, yeah, that's what you got to do. But if there's a hitter out there that you're like, wow, this guy's going to be in the bigs in the next year, maybe year plus, and it's going to be a guy who's just going to hit and hit and hit, like then you got to take him. And I think that's kind of what happened for the angels is they got to that point where it was like, yeah, we, we could go get a college arm right now. And, that would make a lot of sense. Everyone, nobody would question it, but there's this hitter who just absolutely rakes and we, we need hitting. Like, I, I think I've been on the, I, I think you were a little upset with me early when I said during the off season that there, that the angels offense is not very good. It's not, um, they need a lot of help. They need shortstop. They, their lineup is very, very top heavy. There's three hitters in it. And then after about that, after about that three number, it's bad. So if, if they can lengthen up that lineup and Neto can, can do that for them, I think that's a, a big win for them in this draft. But um, I'll, I'll let you go in and, and talk about your little scouting report on him because I know um, you really, really like Neto in this draft. Yeah, I, I did. Um, it grew it grew on me. He was one of the guys, and I know I said it. I know I said it last, uh, last podcast that I was so 
uh, gung ho on the angels taking a picture that I haven't even looked at at hitters. Uh, I always look at hitters. I'm, you know, I'm not going to lie to you there. Um, Neto was definitely one of those guys in the draft that I was like, Oh, like this is probably going to play at the, at the next level for sure. Um, it's a little funky for sure. hundred percent. I think it's funky. And I think that it's not a bad funk though, for me, like you can tame down. Okay. Scouting tip here for you guys. Don't look at, don't look at what he does before. Look at the swing. Look at how he, don't look at how he gets there. Look at what he does when he gets there. Um, and, and that's something that you learn. Like I wasn't a huge fan. When you take a first, when you take a first look at um, a guy like, like Drew Jones, I wasn't a huge fan of it just because I, I don't like what he does when he gets there, how, like when he gets there, if that makes sense. But Drew Jones is so stupid talented that he can change things up. Um, side note on that. I don't care about what Zach Neto does before he gets there. He can put, throw the bat up in the air, throw it behind his head. But if he's making contact, loud contact all the time, I'm not upset about it. Like you've seen that golfer that like swings with one hand and goes around. It's like that. Like if you're, if, if you found something right, then do it. You know, like uh, who, like think about pitching too. Pitching is in that way. Pitching is very similar to hitting where, you know, you find what you like and it's a little funk, like Ryan Dempster, right? Like Ryan Dempster would do that glove twitch the entire time. Ben Weber, Ben Weber did the pumps. Same thing. Like you look at a guy, like if we want to compare him to Josh Donaldson, we can, that's, that's, that's fair. Who, I don't think, he, I don't think he has everyone that. is going to we have compare the swing to that's they're, they're not, not going to compare like him personally to him. Like, Oh, yeah. he's going to be a 30 plus 40 home run guy. And, uh, play pretty good defense and just, you know, be that guy. But I think from a swing, when you watch the way that he swings, everyone just first instinct is Josh Donaldson. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I, I think that that's not a fair, fair comp. Um, I don't think the power is as much, but when it comes to pure hit ability, I think the angels got probably one of the best pure hitters in this draft, which is, I mean, if you're not dra- you're not drafting for need, but the angels, have for a long time in the organization needed a really good hitter. Um, and, and we talked about this, we talked about this at the beginning of the year too, right? Like they, they, that's what they need to draft. That's kind of been in the back of their head. Like, you know, you have to go out there and get, a, get a hitter and develop him and, and see what he gets. Um, I also think on the, the development side of things, you look at it and this is an easy guy to develop too. He's already got the pure hit tool. He's a college guy. So he's a little bit more advanced you don't have to worry about in a sense, teaching him baseball, like you would have to do with a, a guy like Justin Crawford, who's coming out of high school, Cam Colley, or one, one of, you know, one of those guys who they skip on. I, you, Crawford's you know, an exception to the rule because he's a big leaguers kid, but that's I get what you're you get saying. What I'm saying. Well, Collier is too. Um, his dad was big yes. leader, but yes. you, you know what I'm saying? Like it's a little easier development um, out of a college college hitter, pure hitter like this. You know, you don't have to worry too much about um, actually developing this guy. You know, that, that's, that's my thought process on this. So, you know, looking at stats here, uh, this season he batted 407. He had 81 hits. Um, there's probably not going to be a lot of power in a swing, though he had 15 home runs, which is pretty which is pretty impressive. I don't know if he hits for that much power at the next level. Like, if he's a 10, 15 home run guy, um, I, I'm, I'm fairly certain that he could be at the next level. Um, is it fair to almost comp this to like a Will Wilson type of pick? That will scare a lot of Angel fans. It will. For sure. It will. But like it's it's one of those things. It's one of those things where um and Billy came out of the Billy came out of that draft um that year saying like 
I bet you guys didn't expect that. Like nobody had Will Wilson. This is the same thing here. Everybody had pitching, right? Pitching, pitching, pitching. All of a sudden the angels take that, that weird, they throw a curveball at you and it's like, Oh, here's Zach Neto. So it does kind of remind me of like a really good pure hitter uh, in Will Wilson. I know that Will Wilson hasn't developed very well um, at the moment, but you know, it's, it's very similar to that. A guy who possibly sticks at shortstop. I don't know. There is some, there's a little bit of worry in my opinion that he doesn't stick at shortstop, but there are plenty of people who are saying that he is going to stick at shortstop. So I'll listen to those people that are listen that are going to, that have seen him a little bit more than I have uh, before I make the, uh, the assumption that he's not going to stick at shortstop. Nate, I know that you have a different feel on that one. I, I don't know, honestly, shortstop wise. He might stick at shortstop. I, I think he, he's going to pick it. Uh, the arm is going to be something that's like, is he going to be able to make the throw all the time? He, he's a great player. Um, I don't mind the pick. Like I said, Josh Donaldson, like from the lower half, and you just kind of see that's that's what everyone sees is Josh Donaldson. I know Reynolds compared him to Craig Biggio with, if you take away the, uh, the leg kick, which is going to be an issue. I, I think... The leg kick could be an issue early. Um, he, he's going to face some pitchers that he's never seen before. Mm-hmm. And that's the only thing that's going to concern me from – and this is no disrespect to him because I, I played a small small division one as well, small conference, same, same thing. But when you come from one of those small conferences, you don't see 95 every single weekend. When you go to Vanderbilt, when you go to Alabama, when you go to North Carolina, when you go to these schools – you see 95 every weekend. I mean, Oklahoma State, like we talked about, Campbell, one of my favorite pitchers in this draft, he's running at 97 to 100 every Friday night. And and that's just something that you're going to see in those big-time conferences where Campbell is playing some smaller schools. Yes, they're able to play some of those bigger schools on Tuesday, but the bigger schools on Tuesday aren't running out their number one dude. They're running out their five, six, seven arm. And they're not running out their their top pen arms either. They're usually running out there some guys that they want to get a look at to see, hey, we need an eighth or ninth guy on the weekend. Is this guy a possible guy to help win us a game on the weekend? So that's the only concern I'm going to have. Is he going to be able to hit? I know he played in the Cape. Very small sample size in the Cape, probably about 13, 14 games. Hit pretty well there, though. Um, that's the only thing that I see could be an issue is – how big of a leg kick it is and how it's going to translate into, you know, I think you think he's going to start in double A. If he's starting in double A, that's going to be, you know, where Bachman started, where some of these big time pitching prospects start that are 95, 97, 98. Please God, don't put him in Tri-City. Oh yeah. Don't do that. (laughs) I mean, like I'm not going to be upset because I'll go see him, right? I'll go see his first game if they put him in Tri-City, but please God, don't put him in Tri-City. <laughs> like that, it's, that would it's be, that would be rough if, if he's in Tri-City. But like I said, he, he's a great he's a great player. Uh, the only thing is, can he get the, the leg kick to be a little bit, um, a little bit more calm is sure. what I'm going to say. If, if he can do that, I think he's got the hit tool to be a very, very good player. Uh, offensively, he, he's going to be fine. Um, and I think the one question that you're going to have is where are you going to put him? Do you put him at second? Do you put him at short? Um, obviously, he's probably not going to be playing third. So, How about this? Uh, I texted somebody close and close to the situation. I said, shortstop? You might move to second. They said, shortstop for sure. So there's that. I, I know that's what they say, but, you know, every scout says that early because they want to – they don't want to step on anyone's toes. It was funny. Am Singer on the draft was talking about that, how, how sensitive of a subject that is for players. 
uh, Corey Seager in the draft. Some scout wrote, you know, 6'4", probably going to have to move to third base, and Amsinger read that on the draft, and Amsinger goes, I don't think Corey Seager's talked to me since because he was pretty upset that I said he might have to move to third base, and, you know, he's almost 30 years old and still playing shortstop, and he's an all-star again, so... Fair, I know there's, that's there's a, always those there's always those unicorns too. Like I always I think oh yeah absolutely a bigger guy like that moves to third base or something like that eventually. So. I'm sure like at the draft people were saying the same thing about Manny Machado. Like oh he's a shortstop for sure, shortstop for sure, and now he's a Gold Glove third baseman. So um, it, it happens where where they the, the scouts don't want to necessarily move him off his position. They want to give him a chance to play his position as long as he possibly can. And then if he's hitting and it's like, oh, we don't need this position or he's hitting and not playing as well defensively, then they move him off. So we'll see where he's at. Um, I just know he's going to hit. That's It might take him a little bit of time to hit early, like I said, but he's going to be a good hitter. You, you, you can't be upset about something like a report like that. I don't care if he's coming out of like a, a out of a small school, which again, I, I do look at that and I'm like, I'm not a huge small school fan. I don't know if you mentioned that or not. Um, I feel like that does also. I didn't mention that you aren't, but yeah, I, I mean, I know, I, I don't know if you mentioned small school or not, but oh, um, I did, but yeah, yeah. You know, and, and you can't be mad about taking somebody who, you know, is more than likely going to hit um, down the road. He, sounds like he might stick at shortstop that we'll see about how that goes. And, and for those who are wondering where he slots in on top prospect boards, he probably turns into my number two prospect. I it's close. You know, you have to think about you. So two or three, right? Like that's fair. Like depends on who you talk to. I'll probably get talked into putting him at three. I would assume depending on who we're talking. Somebody will talk him, talk you into having him at two. I will have him. I, I will try and convince you that he's three. I might put, I mean, like, so the Angels' top prospect right now is uh, is Kai Bush, in my opinion. You put him at a 50. The only uh, guy in the Futures game. Only guy in the Futures. You put him at a 50, he's the only guy. I mean, do you put Zach Neto at a future 50? So when it, you look at a future 50, by the way, um, of, of future uh, of, wow, I can't even think about it. Um, so there's the scale is 20 to 80, for those of you who are wondering. Yes. Um, the Kai Bush is my only 50. That's the highest, that's the highest ranked angel and 45 is average is, is like kind of a major leaguer for, you know, anything below that you're looking at fringe, anything above that. Um, Kai Bush is my only 50. Then you run down and, and Jordan Adams is a 45 plus. That's my number two guy. Uh, can, can you make an argument for Zach Neto to be a future value 50 guy, you know? You could, but you also could make a make that argument for uh, for my guy right now. The way he's playing in Double A, he 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 looks like. There's, you know, reason he was, There's a reason why I didn't move him out of my top three ever. You know. Yeah, I, I think he was a culprit of of playing in Tri City, and you know you see him in Double A. He's doing everything you want him to do. Jordan Adams is stealing bases. He's showing the power, uh, showing the speed, showing the defense. Like he looks the part of being a future big leaguer. So. I think he could even move into that that future fifty. Neto's going to be right there on the border. I think. I think he's going to be fifty, forty-five plus, right on, right in there. Correct. I, I mean, I think at the end of the day. So, and if so, also by the way, like, can we sidetrack on this? If you look at different sites, will you know give different things. Uh, MLB pipeline is always about five higher than everybody. So if they give Zach Neto a fifty-five, you know, he's really 
in that. I mean, it depends on who you're talking to. Um, depends on what site you're looking at too. Like Fangraphs will do something a little different. They're a little bit more on the how good this guy's going to be in the future type of thing rather than the right now. Um, oh, it's so tough, man. It's so tough. I think he's um, – I'm going to give it to him. I'm, I'm going to say it right now. I think he's a 50. I'll give him a 50. But he's not above Kai Bush. Is that fair? Like, And you look – you have to take so many things into factor too. Like is he – how close is he to being ready? He's already a college guy, so you can factor that in. Um, he's going to probably bat – I mean, are you upset if he bats 280 with 10 to 15 home runs? Is a probably a middle infielder type of guy. He's, you know, like I think he's number two prospect right now for the Angels. That's fine. I, you're not going to talk me out of Jordan Adams because that's my, I think the upside, that's my so, guy. You know, so like the upside on Jordan Adams is Byron Buxton type of thing. You know, which, like which is good, like all star, like top. That's an all star starter this year. Exactly, by the way. exactly. Like the, the, that's that's the upside of of him. So that's why. But the downside is what we saw in Tri City with with Jordan Adams too. So I just think that there are so many there are so many factors that go into it. Um, but yeah, that's where I'm going to slot him right now. Is my number yep. two prospect. He's a 50, 50, um, 50 guy as it is. Nate, before we let everybody go, what do you got? Anything good? We'll get on. By the way, plan here, and sometimes I throw curveballs into these plans. Plan is to go over each draft, um, each draft day. So we'll go over, uh, what is it, 2 through 10 on Tuesday. That'll come out. Uh, two, 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 2 through 10 will come out on Tuesday tomorrow. Um, 10 through 20 will come out on Wednesday. Uh, we might take a break on Thursday. Friday, we'll probably come out with our first half, uh, no, yeah, first half type of thing because they get a couple extra days off in there. Maybe we'll do Thursday. We'll kind of see how that rolls out there. And then the second half of, of Angels baseball comes out, and I'm super excited to see what uh, Angels prospects do because uh, the big league team is you know, not having a lot of fun. We'll probably do a trade deadline special, by the way, as well because there are going to be some trades that go down, I think. Uh, and, we'll see. And we'll, We'll see. We'll see for sure. We'll, we'll see. talk about that when we get there. I know. We will. We'll, we'll talk about that. All I want to say is congratulations to Zach Neto. Yes. Um, really looking forward to seeing him play, and hopefully he's he's up in Anaheim a lot sooner than later. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, hey, you know, I mean, if he's uh, if he goes to AA, he goes to Rocket City, and he's just crushing right away, uh, you start talking – I don't want to start talking about this, but you start saying in the back of your head, like, hey, this is uh, – you don't have to go get a shortstop anymore. For 2023, no, you do. You I still know you do. do. I know you do. Come on, don't no, don't do. do that much of a realist to me. Don't do that. Don't no, no, you do. You you hundred percent have to get shortstop if you want to win games. The only thing that that starts to come up, which you're really, I'm going to really piss off some Angel fans right here, is does David Fletcher trade start to come up, or does David Fletcher turn into that fifth infielder utility guy and Zach Neto slot in at second every day? So yes. that's what you're going to see more of than. Do we trust a kid who's been out of college for all of 10 months or so and say, hey, you're going to play shortstop every day for a team that claims to want to make a playoff run? We'll talk about that eventually. All right. Don't don't put that in my head right now. Um, and I don't mean to put it in anybody else's head. But again, that, that could be a real possibility. We could be talking about Zach Neto playing shortstop in 2023 for the Angels, which uh, that does not make the Angels a winner. I think we can all agree on that. So guys, as always, I want to thank you so much for listening and watching to this podcast. If you could subscribe wherever you are listening or watching, hello, YouTube again, go ahead and do that. Uh, you can follow us on all of our social medias. You can go ahead and follow myself on Twitter, Jared underscore Tim's Nate on Twitter at Nate Green 34. And guys, thank you so much for listening. Have a great rest of your day.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.